I'm Shreen Patek, and this is Starting Out. Digiday's podcast, where I talk to the leaders in the marketing industry about their personal stories that make them the prominent voices and decision makers in the business today. My time at uh, my last agency prior to Apple, which was DDB New York, was was a moment in time for me that I realized that the agency model was was pretty flawed, and my path forward wasn't absolutely clear for me there. And it and it and in some ways it it made me pivot towards going in house and 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 being part of Apple because I wanted a I wanted something different. Andrew McKechnie is the chief creative officer at Verizon, where he's been hard at work over the past year to build that giant company's in-house agency, 140. McKechnie, whose last gig was at Apple, where he was global group creative director, spent years agency side, an experience that he says left him feeling frustrated and more convinced than ever that the agency model as it currently stands is careening towards irrelevance. Andrew's path to the industry, the problem of ego in advertising, and the future of agencies on today's show. I was born in Nairobi, Kenya. Parents moved around a lot um, every three to four years. Uh, people always ask, what did my father do? Um, <laughs> um, How did you know? And uh, he was in insurance. Um, so British insurance, we moved around um, mostly because uh, he moved to, to different markets, emerging markets, and, and helped kind of set up the office in those regions. And it happened to be places like Africa, Philippines, and Indonesia were some of the, the areas that I, you know, my early childhood I grew up in. And so I, I think for me, I, that's been like super foundational to the way in which um, not only do I think about things, but the way that I approach culture and 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 rituals and routines and all of those things. And I, you know, I definitely think that I've uh, I, I can I can kind of pivot between those cultures uh, because I've you know I, I really do kind of identify myself as being. Um, you know, Asian in some respects, because I spent predominantly a large part of my my, my life in, in Asia. Um, uh, and in, in particular in Singapore as well, I spent about eight years there um, uh, after after spending a good chunk of time in New Zealand. But I've, I've moved around a lot and I've seen a lot. And I think that's uh, also kind of pointed me in the direction of advertising and marketing because I think it was the only thing that really interested me in terms of being able to flex and move and change and adapt and be okay with it uh, because I've had to be okay with it growing up. Were you, were you a good student? Were you an academic person? No, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. If you, if you don't find the subjects and they don't speak to you, you're never going to do well. I was, I was always okay. I was average student. I've always been very experimental. I've, I've always wanted to explore different themes and subject matters. And I, I did that throughout my, you know, my youth. I tried every different type of sport. I mean, my parents were probably a little bit aggravated with the fact that I could never stick to one thing. And again, that's why I'm like, advertising was amazing when I first landed. It was like, oh, I don't have to stick to one thing. It's like, Another brief comes on the table and another client comes in. I'm like, okay, great. And you, and, and I've always been absorbed all that information and, and the briefs. And it's like, okay, you need to know everything about cars and you need to know everything about TVs now. And you need to know, and it's like, I've just consumed it, but I get bored pretty quickly and I get fidgety. And so um, it's been good for me in that respect. I've never been a traditional creative uh, to the, to the agitation of, of also some of my mentors who, 
were kind of uh, didn't know, you know, whether I wanted to be a writer or an art director or a designer. And I was like, well, I don't know. I kind of like all those things and I'm good at writing. Um, that's where I started. Uh, but I have a huge passion for design and, uh, you know, a fairly um, keen interest in, in, in that side of things and the techniques and the craft. I appreciate craft tremendously. So I've always kind of moved throughout both of those worlds. And um, again, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting for me in terms of the types of jobs or, or clients and things that I've taken on. I've, I've always wanted to make sure that it was helping kind of uh, broaden that experience for me as well so that I wasn't you know, so uh, pigeonholed or, or restricted in my experimentation ultimately. Well, I think, I mean, that sort of speaks to me as sort of the bigger story of, you know, the media and marketing industry in general. I think that there, there has been this assumption historically that if you're going to be in media, whether it's, you know, advertising, media, communications, or writing or journalism, that it's, you go down, you're, you're a creative person, you're, mm -hmm. you're a certain kind of thinker, you have to work that way. And I think that, it's interesting to watch the evolution of the industry because I think at this point it rewards people who are able to do all those things, but also maybe understand the business model, maybe understand Absolutely. those yeah. things. And I think mm -hmm. that, I think, you know, it's funny because I think your sort of the way you're thinking kind of speaks to also some of the needs of the market. And I think yeah. it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, um, it, it was interesting. My time at, um, at, uh, my last agency prior to Apple, which was DDB, um, New York was, was a moment in time for me that I realized that the, and, and maybe it was just at, at that particular agency, the agency model was, was pretty flawed. Um, and my frustration and kind of uh, just, I, I guess the, the, the path forward wasn't absolutely clear for me there. And, it, and, it, and in some ways it, it made me pivot towards um, you know, going in house and, and, and being part of Apple because I wanted a, I wanted something different and I, and, and, and I didn't see where I was going to get that from the traditional agency at the time, because it, it was just, um, I don't know, a very, I think the model at the time was, was just, it, they were stuck, uh, in a particular a, a way of working. And, um, for me, I, I wanted more as a creative and I felt that I can offer more outside of just being a writer or a creative director running an account. And the things that I was actually looking for were things that were closer to the business. So ultimately my, what I was seeking was like, how do I get closer to the product so that I can understand it and then hopefully be more creative with my output because I, I have a deeper knowledge of it. And so uh, that's, that that was part of me also broadening my my skill sets in terms of going okay well i'm also interested in the strategic aspects of it the business side of it and so i think that is a, a really critical piece now to to creatives or at least anyone in the industry is that you know how far do you really want to stretch yourself into into other areas there's a lot of things that you have to strip away from what you learn from the advertising side uh being on an agency that just doesn't matter anymore when you're when you're when you're working in house and like what like ego um, for one my favorite um, subject <laughs> uh, because creative ego has been has been um, has been nurtured and 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 has manifested itself 
throughout your career uh, by default of the way in which you're conditioned by the agency or by the industry. Uh, agencies l lead you to believe that you don't need to necessarily get a bonus or a, a bump or or, or a promotion or all these other things because you know what we're going to send you to can or we're going to um we're going to enter your work into awards and so that's reward enough and and you believe it and i went through that and look i i've been very fortunate to also win you know the awards and and be able to say that it's not as important to me anymore but it's still important i think it is still important for for young creatives and it, and it depends on what value you put on those things i think arguably it's interesting because i think the agency model itself has has you know there are many models to put that out there but sort of when you look at the traditional agency model which is clearly under pressure i mean you're seeing it from all sides of the industry whether you're in media or creative or pr shops even but I think the, the, the idea of the creative ego has also been used as a way to get clients in a very specific way. I think that there have been, I mean, there's so many cases of, well, why are you signing on to this agency? Well, the chemistry check. And what is that really? The person who is not like the client and therefore the client needs that person's vision. And sometimes a vision exists and sometimes it genuinely no. doesn't. It's, it's, a, it's almost a little bit of a mirage and a lot of, how agencies were built, at least historically, were based on that mirage of the ego, that we're going to give right. you something you you personally cannot do because you're, I don't know, a stodgy old client and you right. don't know anything right. about it. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other cracks I mean, you sort of see or some of the other changes that you saw when you sort of got you know in-house or when you got to the brand side and you said, well, some of these existing things just simply don't work here because you're just thinking differently? Um, I mean, I think a a big part of it was also just uh, the mentality of a the organization or the group um, being more of a, a unified or at least an alignment around what we're doing day to day, right? Uh, I, I, I felt like at the agency um, at the time it was it was just such a conflict of of intention as a as a senior creative my my desires or the things that I wanted to achieve were at odds with, you know, everyone in some ways. It's like whether it's the CFO or um, the CEO or, or, you know, the chief creative officer or even a, a junior creative because everyone's objectives are, are somewhat different because you're, you're at different stages of your career. Everyone is, is kind of looking at something slightly different. And yes, you can say that, well, you know, at the very highest level, we're, we're an advertising agency, we're going to do great creative work for our clients, right? Which is just true. But when I went to, at least for my experience at Apple, it was, it was kind of like, okay, we understand you've done some great work and we want to bring that talent here. And obviously new ideas and different perspectives are going to be great for, for what we're doing. But at the same time, it's like, it's not about you. So uh, it's about, the iPhone, for example, that's what's the most important thing. There's a group of people that are going to work day in, day out and be really focused on launching this product. And I think that approach is very, it's just very different because uh, you're stripping away the, the, uh, a little bit of, of what people try to put on onto a process or an output as being like, this is what I did. 
and you become more of like this is what we did. So for me, it was a it was a big shift, and it and it you know it, it took a little while for me to also get used to that that style and that culture, um, but I I enjoyed it a lot, and that was that to me was like why why can't we do that um, more so on the agency side? What would you say sort of once you know you figured out at some point through your youth that you knew you were kind of going to go in this sphere of maybe marketing advertising at least you knew it'd be creative um tell me about your first job how'd you get it um well i i think i actually had a a a pretty interesting lead up into getting into uh what what i would say is a creative a creative job and again this is kind of my frustration with the a little bit of the education system at the time for me um even growing up in new zealand was i i did art class and because i was interested in art and um but i had a teacher that was at the end of that that year was kind of like yeah you're not really that good um and I was like, like, but I disagree. Uh, well, no, I was like, oh, okay, you're you're right. You're probably right. So I was like, maybe I shouldn't do art. And that decision had a a, a big ripple effect because what it did in in the system, at least, was that when I maybe a year or two later, when they offered photography as a as a as a, a class, um, and I'd maybe you know again the creative and me hadn't wasn't going away <laughs> it was clear to me i was like yeah i i want to i want to continue this path and it was like well no you can't do photography you weren't you haven't you weren't doing art it's only open to the art students and i was like oh okay and so it forced me to go outside of the school system and and then look at other courses at the time to to kind of scratch that edge and then other classes throughout my high school you know opened up and it and I, and I kept on getting shut out. And it was interesting because then at the end of high school, it was kind of like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, maybe I still would like to do art, like go into you know, fine arts. Um, and of course, all of those options were, were just not possible because the only way you used to be able to get into even fine art school was like, well, what's, what's your portfolio? It's like your portfolio is what you do throughout high school. Um, so I was very limited in my, in my options and opportunities. Um, and so I, it, it did lead me down the path of thinking about, and again, maybe this was more the entrepreneurial side of myself of going like, well, I know marketing's kind of like got some, you know, creative elements to it. Like there's things that people do film and TV. And, and so I was like, that's an area that I'm interested in. So I, I pursued a, um, uh, you know, I pursued an advertising course at the time. And again, even when I was studying, there wasn't such a thing as, um, as award school or Miami ad school and things like that. They just, it didn't exist. And so I went into a, a business course, which, um, uh, majored in, in advertising. And, and so I, I managed to probably start my first part of my career, learning more of the business side of things. So I actually was groomed more to be probably an account manager than a creative, but I, I excelled in the creative subjects that I took during that, that period. And it was clear. And I had some really great, um, mentors at the time, um, that were, you know, there were certain papers that I took that were like writing and advertising and, and creative advertising. And so those ones I was, you know, I was scoring top marks. And so they were like, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong place. I kept on angling though, to how do I get myself more into the creative side of things. And so, um, in my final year, I took an internship in Singapore 
that kind of changed everything for me because at the time uh, I, I got a, an internship um, uh, at FCB, Footcone and Belding at the time. Um, and, you know, as soon as I was in, it was like that, that was it. I was just, you know, I came in and I did a rotation, which was, I think it was, I can't remember now, but it was probably like three three weeks or it was supposed to be probably, yeah, I think it was about three weeks per department. But, and so I started an account management and then as soon as I got into creative, I was like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. And I had some great mentors there and I, you know, I grinded away and created a portfolio within a couple of, um, a couple of months. And it was probably a, a better portfolio than you'd be able to create in, in three years. Um, but it was because I had the, the right people there to support me and, and kind of, uh, really put, the right attention on what you need to do to be successful in that particular industry. And Singapore is an amazing place from an advertising perspective because it had so much legacy with like Neil French and um, Droger and all these great people that have come through. And so the pedigree for ideas was really strong. And so I, I really, I learned a lot there in terms of like the, the foundations of, of advertising ultimately and writing. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. After a quick break, Andrew will talk all about how he developed his skills outside of the conventional boxes of writer, art director, and other roles that the industry likes to box you into. But first, I want to tell you all about Digiday Plus, our premium membership product. Join our community and get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of media. You'll get exclusive research, invitations to member events, and Digiday Magazine once a quarter. And it's only $3.95 a year. Please sign up at digiday.com. And for you, our podcast listener, we have a discount offer. To get 25% off your subscription, enter the code STARTING OUT at checkout. Now, back to the episode. It's funny to watch also just sort of, you know, Asian markets, um, Singapore specifically, but also obviously Hong Kong, and how, you know, I think we talk a lot about globalization. We've been talking about it, you know, for years now, but especially in our industry, whether we're media or marketing, I think there is a genuine sort of need now to just be less American. And I think it's, whether it's over the last couple of years or so, but you're just seeing kind of distribution change. You're seeing sort of how people are selling things. You're seeing the actual consumer change um, and coalesce. Tell me a little bit about kind of, I don't know, are you are you able to sort of think back to some of those years when you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, this thing that we kept saying will happen is kind of already here. The world is finally getting smaller. Yeah, it, it, it was... Singapore was really interesting for me because it was the it was my starting point and as a as a culture um, being such a obviously a melting pot of different sort of Asia uh, yeah languages and like uh, it, it it meant that the work itself also had to be very um, you know it, it had to work across all those languages it had to be universal in its in its insight and its truth and so a lot of my foundations of that work was, yeah, is the idea able to translate across cultures? Like, and can, can it resonate, right? And so a lot of, from a writing perspective, from an ideation standpoint, I, that those were kind of the, 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 the building blocks to the way in which I, I thought about things. And also from a visual standpoint, the way that, um, because language was, was harder and you had more languages to cross over, uh, visually, the work was really striking and graphic, and and Singapore's obviously known um, for that in terms of um, some of the pedigree was in, in a lot of the original print work and design work and things like that. Um, and as I came, like I, I did eight, about eight years in Singapore, and when I was coming to the U.S., my struggle was um, 
people didn't know how to uh, evaluate my work or what I did because again, and this was part of the the thing of like, well, you're a writer, but you've got so much amazing design and visual art direction work. Uh, it was lighter on the on the writing side, and I always had to overcompensate sometimes to go like, no, I can write. Like, uh, and some of my early mentors used to give me a lot of grief for that as well. I was like, well, you're not a writer. Like, write a long copy ad, and so I would do that. I would be like, okay, well, I'll put a couple of those things in the portfolio to show you that I, that I can write. But um, but they wanted to to to, to put me in a box. And like, are you a print guy you're a interactive guy or you're a film guy and that was basically the market at the time this is only 2008 um but it was like that was the way that creatives had come up through the system in the u.s uh and i was like well i don't know i'm none of those things and so i i actually created my own title at the time this was at modernista because tell me it was something good no not really it was like integrated associate creative it director like chief spiritual brain. no it was <laughs> It, it, it was, I had to put that, almost that, that disclaimer at the front of it because they didn't know how to position me. It's like, well, like, what are you? And, and I was like, well, I, I, I like doing everything. And so Modernista at the time was doing some really interesting things. They were leaning into everything. And so they didn't have anyone there that did a bit of everything. And so I was like, well, okay, well, the guy I moved with um, uh, as my partner, were we were like, well, okay, we'll be your integrated team. And of course that became something that was everyone was like talking about oh we need integrated creatives which now is obviously um a, a bit of a bit of a mood point but well, do you think that the industry has come that far though because i think that no. people you know because <laughs> no. you know what i'm saying people yeah. say it people yeah. but i think you even see it with the way sort of media is consumed you see it across going back to can you know you yeah. see it across how categories are entered and discussed yeah. and continue to be debated and it almost feels some ways that like part of advertising is stuck in this place that's very much still 2007 mm -hmm. while the again the market around it moves mm -hmm. the brands certainly have changed i mean look at your current job mm -hmm. itself um and just we're all kind of still saying that we're past well, I, it but we're not yeah and and in some respects i think that's why i think certain brands and marketers have actually developed faster than the creatives um because by default of where they've had to put their marketing dollars and, and the way that the market is fundamentally fractured, um, they inherently have had to pick up the, the skills and the understanding that, well, if I'm going to be a modern marketer, I need to, I need to know all of these, these, these things. Um, Can you give I me think, an ex example? Well, I just mean like, like if you think of um, from an, an agency standpoint, I think you can easily just stay within an account or within a, a system where you're just writing TV spots for a particular type of thing versus um, I, I think if you're um, bringing a, a, a product to market, you need to know a bit about everything. So that I think the, the need for the type of knowledge and, and, and mediums and technology um, you just got to pick up more tricks. I think as a client, what also has happened is that there are there are just areas that require more specialization, and people have kind of leaned into that a little bit more. And whether that's social or content creation and um, influences, like you can see that things that were probably smaller components in the past have become much bigger platforms, um, and so that platform creation in some in some respects has 
has kind of created many industries and, and people can spend or, or focus their attention in those areas. And that's completely fine as well. And you can also have your own smaller companies that then, you know, even if it's a capability that maybe right now 140 doesn't have, mm-hmm. you can go and you don't have to work necessarily with an ad agency to do it. There's plenty of right. smaller groups. And you're also yeah. seeing obviously a lot of people just saying, well, if I can't do it myself, then I'll go straight to the Google. I'll just go straight to yeah. the Facebook. And I think that's the one of the, obviously a question I get a lot around, um, are you are you going to bring everything in-house? And uh, you know, and it's, it's not really about bringing all the work in house it's more for me at least the model that we're we're trying to uh at least experiment and and try and 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 think about is 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 attracting and having the best minds um working on our business selfishly I, i i i want that right it's like well of course i want to have the best people in house who can really develop and evolve the brand language and identity and the essence of what we are and 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 guide it and be consistent and 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 do great work there we also have agencies that do great work for us um and have and will continue to do amazing work for us because they have a really important skill set that we want to lean into but there are also other creative minds and companies out there that uh, again the landscape is really broad so well, I may want to lean into a documentarian like Rory Kennedy because she is a storyteller and is going to be able to tell a story and will work with that particular person um, to, 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 to do something for our brand, right? And, and then on another side of the house, you might look at going, well, well maybe we'll work with JT and his team, uh, Justin Timberlake, because we're doing a bunch of things with Verizon Up. And so... The idea of who the creators are has obviously evolved, and the creators aren't just advertising agencies. It's also not just in-house agency as the creator. Is is that? I mean, I think there's two sides to that because I think what happened was it seems that in some ways agencies, you know, again lost some relevance because of the way the market shifted, um, and brands kind of you know gave in to that a little bit. I think a lot of I think there's plenty of brand marketers right now who would basically be nodding because. A lot of them felt over the years that did, did we lose who we were in this whole while this whole thing went on and and we kind of made somebody else the stewards of our brand they steered it and then we came back and said wait why aren't things going right why aren't things going absolutely and and I also think that the the tough part about that is you know I think some brands say well we're going to have an agency that is the lead agency and they are gonna they are gonna help you know, make sure that all of those things happen, right? Like in terms of the consistency of our voice and, and that does happen. I think you, there are many great agencies out there who have done amazing work for clients globally where you can see that, that pedigree and, and, and uh, consistency across um, a brand. But at the same time, I think it's, it's also on the client side. If you don't have the right leader or visionary to make sure that those are the things that they are also driving, then I think things fall apart pretty quickly because you put so much accountability in the hands of someone else. And also if you do that, but you're actually working with many, many different partners and you don't give that agency the autonomy to to work across those other groups and other agency partners, then you know, it's it's not realistic to expect that they're going to be able to to control the destiny of a of a brand's identity or voice or or anything else for that matter, because 
you, you haven't really empowered them in, in the right way. And it's also just going to get really expensive because everyone's going to exactly. go around in circles forever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, a big, uh, one of the, the arguments I often hear is, well, creatives aren't going to go and work inside you know, a brand, no matter who it is, even if it's Apple, even if it's Verizon, because mm-hmm. they want to work on lots of different things. And yeah. that's actually something you just talked about. You like to work on different things. Myth? It's a myth? I think it's, uh, it, it really depends on the creative, but I think it's a bit of a myth because, I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll reference my time back at DDB um, as being the last agency that I was at, which was, well, so I'm running one account right now. I was at the time running, um, uh, I dabbled on other accounts with, with, uh, with the ECD partner at the time. Um, and so at a certain level, you are, working on one account. You may have a cluster, if you, you may have a, a few accounts if you're at a smaller agency, maybe you've got two or three. But ultimately I was like, well, I'm, I've just spent the, the, a year of my life and I've pretty much got nothing out of it. <laughs> um, I don't think that it was a rewarding experience, but I've been working on one account, right, for the most part. And so what's the difference of doing that compared to working for Apple for a year doing the same thing? The difference is that I had more accountability, I had more control, I had more knowledge. If it was more rewarding, there were just many other things. So I think it depends on where you are in your career and, and what you're looking for. And um, and I think sometimes it's actually uh, maybe from a, a, a creative process standpoint, it's it's not a bad thing to also train yourself to be a little bit more disciplined and, and, and thoughtful on one thing and see if you can be more consistent and repetitive and and evolve one thing over a period of time. But how do you be consistent and disruptive? Um, and, and that's a challenge for, for creators. And I think sometimes the easy way is that, well, I've just got another brief. I'm working on something else. I don't really, I don't really have that accountability to a brand or a product over the long term. I just need to do the best thing for that moment. And that's that's great. Like it's always, that was always the exciting thing about getting those briefs was like, just do the best thing. But it didn't really matter if the client didn't buy the idea at the end of the day. It was always like, oh, damn, the clients don't know anything. You <laughs> it's know, the they old don't know, blame your They don't know a good idea when they see one. And then you're kind of like, okay, let's go down to the pub and have a drink. And then the next day you're like, oh, got another brief. Okay, and you try again. <laughs> but it's a, it's a different uh it's definitely a different mindset to then go to a, to be in house and to be um you know working on something that i think you just have a, a slightly different responsibility and not all creatives and I've, I've seen people come in and come out of both you know apple and other in-house agencies that it's just not right for some people because you know some people just don't want to have to think about that say so you know what i just i just want to just want to design or i just want to write or whatever it may be and that's fair it's totally cool that's andrew mckechnie and that's a wrap for today's show thank you for listening our producers at the sungle if you like our show please subscribe and share how you do that rate us and leave us a five-star review on itunes stitcher or google play we're also on anchor.fm i'm shereen patek we'll see you next week